Welcome to season two of Consciously Uncurated. I'm Leslie. And I'm Michelle. And we are so excited to invite you into our beautiful, messy lives. This will be a space to talk about the real stuff and hopefully leave you with some practical takeaways. Think of it as rent a best friend for when you need us. We hope this podcast allows us all to be human, to feel, and to lean in. To catch our latest episodes, follow and subscribe. We're glad you're here. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Michelle. How are you this fine morning? Fantastic. Wonderful. Thanks, everyone, for being here with us. We have some fun topics to discuss today. Yeah, we do. (laughs) The idea of being needy. Yeah, so is that fun? (laughs) Is this going to be a fun? Yes, I think it is because the idea of what needy actually means, we're all needy. Yeah. Okay, so this is is how it started. Okay. Yeah, tell me how it started. Because this is freaking the crap out of me. We're going to talk about being needy. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about that. Because you don't think you're needy? No, because <laughs> I don't want other people to think I'm needy. <laughs> Let me tell you right now, Les, we're all needy. It's just a level of the degree of neediness. Okay. Okay. I think we're, let's get into this a little bit here. Okay. So a friend of a friend, and that's legit. I'm asking for a friend. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> No, but for real. A friend of a friend. I don't want to give names or be too specific on that. However, uh, they have a girlfriend who is very needy. So this friend wants to meet constantly. And when they meet, which there's nothing wrong with that. Let's just say that. More constant than you and me? Yeah. No, this doesn't count. And this is not you just saying. That's just... (laughs) (laughs) This really is a friend of a friend. Okay. So... She wants to meet constantly. And when they do meet, she's very overpowering in conversation. She's very needy. She needs to talk about everything on the spectrum. And a lot of the times it gets really loud or excited, let's say, when they when they go to a restaurant. And so the friend of mine who's having trouble with this, she doesn't want to end the friendship. She loves this person. But the fact that when they get together, she is not loving it because the neediness that is being put out by this other friend. So what is the neediness? Is the neediness to be loud? Is the neediness to be, what is the neediness? Talk about herself all the time. Yes. And then there's no reciprocation in the conversation. Is that what the problem is? Yeah. So it becomes uncomfortable. So it's like you dread going to have lunch with this person. Would would you not? What is it that your friend is uncomfortable with? The loudness or the fact that she never gets to talk about herself? All of it. All of it. All of it. So it's a one-sided friendship. Uh, Let's let's say that. Okay. Okay. It's a one-sided friendship. However, she loves her. She adores her as a friend. But anytime she'll say to her, can we maybe not do every week? Can we do every couple weeks? Or the friend gets upset. It's like, well, you don't want to be, you don't want to hang out with me? Well, I guess would that person, would your friend want to meet with this person if it wasn't so one-sided? Maybe it's not the amount of time that they're together. It's the fact that when they're together, it's just not fun anymore. I did ask the question, like, do you still want to be friends with this person? And she said, yes. But how do you work with a needy friend? So then it becomes the boundary that you set. Sure. But I think it goes back to what do you want out of the relationship? Yeah. And is if this is a friend that you want to still pursue, then what 
needs to change. Well, then I think that's it. You ha- you have to be the one to adjust how much time you want to spend with that person. You have to. You're the one who's going to have to sit there. And if you're getting angry at this person constantly talking at you, yes, you have to decide, is this worth it? And if it is worth it, then how do you navigate that friendship? Well, I would also say you said it right at the beginning. We're all needy. Yeah. So there's definitely times where I've gone weeks where I've it's just been me downloading to you. And then finally, I'm like, oh, crap, I'm a shitty friend. I need to see what's going on in Michelle's life. Darn, I didn't ask her about such and such, whatever is going on. And I'm like, oh, crap, I'm being the needy friend. But you have said this too, where we've actually worked this out a little bit because there's just been seasons for you and for me where I've needed you and you were okay to be needed right, and and vice versa. I've never felt – that's the thing though. With our friendship, I've never felt that you were taking advantage of me by just fully spewing whatever you needed to get out. Like I never felt like that was a negative. Why though? What's different about it? Because you, you reciprocate, you allow me to do the same with you. Okay. But that takes time. It does take time. Because there's been long seasons of not reciprocating. I'm in a long season right now where you are holding me up right now. Right. And I'm kind of caught in my own head a lot. Yeah. So then let me think about this. If I'm being honest, of course, there are times where maybe I'm having a hard day. And the last thing I want to do is put more of my... Of more more stuff on you because I know you're going through it, right? So then it's fair. up to me. Yeah, but then it becomes up to me to say, hey, I'm having a shitty day today. Okay. Right? Then it becomes my responsibility. It becomes your responsibility. I love that you cl- just claimed that because I think that our relationships are, we do have to take responsibility for our own. I mean, the thing is you, I know, but there are times too, though, you will just send me a, I love you, uh, or you'll send me a funny video, or you're just, you'll just check in and say just a quick text. Mm, See, that's, that's I know that you're there and I know when I really need someone, I can, I can go to you. So that's the thing. So then it's the self-awareness to be able to go, okay, I've downloaded a lot. Maybe it's my turn to check in and ask her how she's doing. I've downloaded a lot. I've taken a lot of her time. And it's just constantly reevaluating the friendship and making sure that you are not being the one-sided needy friend. Right. I have had a few friends over the years that that was kind of how it was going. It was ebb and flow, right? You're having a really tough time. I'm having a really tough time. We're having, you know, we and go back and forth, share, share, share. And then it came to one point where it was literally all about her all the time. Mm-hmm. So now I'm changing my story to me, but it was constant. And I, at the time that that was happening, was really dark down deep in the grits in the pit. I didn't have the capacity at that moment to say, I need you to help me here. And even if I try, even if I did at that time, I wasn't getting it back. She wasn't in a place. She wasn't in a place either. To give. Right. And I mean, there were some other situations in that friendship that happened that and that's the other thing. If I feel threatened, if I feel like I am not safe or that a hint of someone being mean to me, mm-hmm. I back away. And so I think that was also part of something in there. And I really, really, really wanted to maintain this friendship because up until that point, it was lovely. It was like satisfying. It was fulfilling. It was all of that. But then a few yucky kind of not so great things happened. As I look back, I get to see now, oh, wow, she was really having trouble. 
So I needed to be maybe more gracious. But at the same time, I was deep down in there too. Mm -hmm. And I just needed her to just say, sorry, I keep talking about, are you okay? Yeah. And I also think there's an element too where relationships will ebb and flow. And there's definitely been people in my life where I've, the relationship has been really close and then we've backed off a little bit and then we've come back together because of things that are going on and that's okay too. Yeah. It's also making the decision that you don't have to terminate a friendship because you're in a unhealthy space or because the relationship is accumulated unhealthy habits or whatever it is. You don't have to, but you can, you also can let a friendship go if it's not giving you what you need Mm -hmm. or you can't give that person You know what I mean? Yes. This is a iffy point for me because I think Mm -hmm. that I never want to be the person that's buying into just stepping out. Oh, this is too much work for me. No. You're too much work for me. This is too messy. I'm out. I never want to be that friend. Mm -hmm. But I do 100% agree with you that there are just some times in relationships where it is time to end. Yeah. And I've experienced that with, unfortunately, some family in my life. Yeah. And that was so hard. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I felt so liberated and strong that I made the choice that these people were not helping me in my life. It felt more toxic for me at that time. And that's the thing of it. We're not saying that you would step out of relationship because it's too much work. No. Because let's be honest, relationships are work. Absolutely. Just like we said, you got to be putting in the time. You got to be doing the self-reflection. You got to be making sure that you're reciprocating. Yeah. Relationships take work and effort and time. But there comes a point where you are allowed to decide when this is not healthy. That's that's it. When it's toxic, when it's it's the same as a marriage. Absolutely. I am not going to promote divorce, but if you are in something that is destroying you, mm-hmm. it is hurting you, it is malicious, yeah. it is abusive, yes, you are getting out. And you don't need to keep going back to restore something to try and fix it. If you know deep down in your soul, this is not healthy for me. Okay. I mean, that's a tough, I, I know that's a hard conversation. Well, I think it's its own topic that I think we can unpack here, the restoration part of it, because I think we all know that a healthy person can restore a relationship, that it takes a courageous person and somebody who's committed to a relationship to come back and say, hey, I'm sorry, I was a jerk. In a healthy relationship. In a healthy relationship. And then for that person to receive your apology and for that person to occasionally be okay to apologize and working all of that crap out in a relationship, you got to be able to do that. The thing that I will say is that sometimes you don't get that opportunity. Some relationships you will have to heal from without that other person. Yeah. And that, that was my marriage. And that is hard when you don't have closure to heal. And it is only my responsibility to heal Mm -hmm. if I want to keep going. Yes. But the reality is, and I had to learn this too, with a really hard relationship where it was actually more unhealthy for me to go in and seek restoration than you it was. Tried. And I tried. So that's the question. Why do you keep going back? Because I keep, I have a belief in my head that that's what you're supposed to mm. do. You're supposed to go and talk to the person and attempt to restore the relationship. It's what I've believed my whole life. Yeah. And I do think you do need to try, but I did try. And But that's the thing. Where Where's the line to stop? And I know we'd have many conversations about this. It's like, Les, stop. You 
had to tell me yeah. no more. No more. You're going mm. in like you're going you're actually putting yourself into that fist fight the on line purpose. Of fire. Yeah. You're just standing there ready to punch you in the face. Yeah. Right. So now for me to learn how to walk away from that relationship emotionally and get closure and forgiveness. But isn't that an amazing lesson to learn? It will take me years probably. Yes, and and you will keep having these moments of Oh, what the, what just happened? Because right? that's what you said. I'm, I'm seeking closure. Yeah. So I feel from like, another person. Well, right? and that's just it because is it, am I seeking closure or am I seeking approval? Mm-hmm. Because there's also probably an aspect of my psyche that's saying this person doesn't like me. Then where is that person going to keep going and saying mm-hmm. nasty things about me? Is that going to impact other people's opinion of me? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's right. That's or human. Being even human. the fact that the possibility of seeing this person in public in public again is that, horrible. So how yeah. nice would it have been to, we don't need to be friends. We don't need to be, but we can be cordial. We don't even have that. And so to, if I were to see this person in public, it would be so awkward. And it's terrifying when I go somewhere where I think I might see this person. Okay. So I've had that experience, uh, a, a very broken down relationship. And then I see them in public and it was like uh <laughs> I was take my body was taken over and I had no control anymore because I that's a that's my worst fear that feeling of what do I say how do I because I'm always a nice person yeah again for the first time being able to say no you know what I don't actually need to address you at all it's not be me being rude I don't have to actually say hello to you mm-hmm because again that's I learned that's not a genuine thing that's not what I want I don't want to put that fake Oh, hey, how's it going? Especially after whatever the circumstances that led me to that situation mm-hmm. with that person. I'm like, okay, God, <laughs> you take over here and you direct me on how I'm supposed to do this because right in my brain. And so again, I'm not good with confrontation. Never have been. Not many um, people are. Not many people are. Again, it felt like I was in charge of myself that moment when I didn't actually owe you anything, whether I said hello or not. That's the hardest part. We don't want to be, this is back to the good girl thing yeah. where we feel like we have to be polite. We have to be kind. We don't want to be inauthentic. So, But we, being inauthentic, if, if I said, hi, how are you doing? That would have been inauthentic. That would have been like, that's not okay. So knowing that. Well, at the same time, we don't need to be mean. No, but it's I was not malicious. It was it's, neutral. It was, I was neutral. neutral. That's what it needs to be. That's yeah. in, in our heads, in our self-regulation, in yeah. my emotions. I am neutral. Mm-hmm. I am not allowing this person to get into my head. I'm not mm-hmm. allowing them to push my buttons. I'm totally okay. And I'm okay to smile at you. Yeah, you're not going to be like, mm-hmm. I'm okay to be cordial. I wish you well. Yeah, that's, you, I wish you well. What a great I wish mantra you well. in your head. I wish you well. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so hard. It is hard. But if you can get there, it's so worth it. And it feels good after the fact. You walk away and go, I handled that so much better than I would have a couple years ago. Yeah. That's a moment of handling your own closure. The crappy part about that is you only get good at doing something by practicing it. (laughs) Yeah. And so having to do that thing, see that awkward person and handle it. And hopefully you don't have that many relationships that you have to deal with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all these bombs going off as God you're willing. walking down the, yeah, walking down the mall and you see 
so when many people that you just, just can't make hide. eye contact just with. Just duck and hide. <laughs> no, we don't wish that for anybody either. Right. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah. Back to the, there are definitely relationships that you get to choose to walk away from. Right. So then the other question we were having, we were having this discussion the other day, a friend of ours had a situation dealing with a customer service. Oh my gosh. So funny. The story was they went into a car wash and the car was not cleaning the car. And so all of a sudden they decide they're going to go and talk with the manager and say, you know, I pay a monthly service for this and I want my car clean. Yeah. I am the manager, he says, and then flies off the handle. But says it's your car. It's It's the shape (laughs) of your car. So it's your problem, not mine. Yeah. And of course, our friend is like, seeing how this is my problem. Your car wash is not cleaning my car regardless of its shape. And and I pay for that service. Yeah. But uh, walking away after that. There was a need to go back and apologize. For her her behavior towards this person, this customer service person. The customer service person was the one who initiated the conflict. Right. And so when she was saying this, I need to go back to restore relationship. I'm like, bullshit. Why would you want to do that? So okay, then so at this not point, they canceled their s- yeah. subscription was canceled. The relationship was done. It was finito. But there was nothing else coming out of it. It wasn't even a relationship. Though. Okay, that's the thing. This yeah. is what I'm trying. Th- this was just a transaction. And someone treated you like crap. Yeah. And you're just trying to, I mean, okay, it's, I guess, how we address a situation, how we deal with someone who's. And our friend did say that the biggest difference was the intent behind it. Right. The intent was not to be malicious. Right. They both got a little feisty and conflict escalated and that's kind of how it went. So it was an unfortunate- And she's a lovely, lovely, lovely person. She's so kind and thoughtful and the mo- One of the most generous people we know. Yeah. So I get, I get her feeling of unease of how she left that situation. Mm-hmm. But why would you need to go back and restore something that you learned from it? You moved on. There was all kinds of learning. She thought, okay. She learned something. Yeah, yeah. she learned, okay, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to be that person again. So like, yay, high five. You learned something from there. I think what it is, it's the guilt that you had ruined somebody else's day. I think there is a guilt there about that. That's very different from being in a relationship that you are now evaluating whether it is worth staying in or worth leaving. Right. Yes. But I think the biggest thing that we learn now in this part of life and having had so many relationships is that when people come into your life, it's for a season, for a reason, or for Mm -hmm. a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And the author of this poem actually says, and as soon as you know which one that is, you know exactly what to do. And that was mind shattering for me. Yeah. Because it's okay that somebody's in your life just for a tiny little reason or for a bigger season or for a lifetime, the thing is, is being okay and knowing what the purpose of that friend is. Right. It's a poem. Okay. It's by Brian A. Drew Chalker. Okay. And it's people always come into your life for a reason, a season, and a lifetime. When you figure out which it is, you know exactly what to do. Spending less energy worrying about how you're going to get in or stay stay in or get out of the relationship and just go, I'm okay. okay. Yeah. Just make the decision about what this is. And it's allowed to change, I would guess. Yes. If you're thinking it was a season and all of a sudden it's a lifetime, things evolved and situations changed and fantastic. Well, And so, yeah. So 
thinking about that, my the ending of my marriage, I was with my the, my partner for 23 years. So that really at that, that's a lifetime. Well, yeah. However, it's not, a, I still have hopefully, you know, a whole other life's going on 23 on 23 more years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The lessons that I learned, technically that was a season. That was a long season, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a re like I had, okay. I had all of the poem in that one, in one relationship. Okay. That's fair. There are some friends that will be all of that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that was over. There was no doubt that that relationship was done. Right. And that's easier when that happens though. And that's not always the case, I would say. Right. But I get now, again, the lesson I get, I get to look back and think, okay, no, thank you. Or I own that. Or I'm not going to do that again. Or I see those red flags. I'm not going to, even as difficult as it was, it was a, a lesson. So if I'm looking at it that way, and this is after eight years of therapy, let's just say. (laughs) Important. Important. Yeah. I can't, if I look at it that way, it eases it a little bit. I get to release some of the burden that's on my shoulders, knowing that things come in for a reason, a season Mm -hmm. of our lifetime. Then the hardest thing that we'll ever have to do though is end a relationship. On you doing it. Or, okay, and sometimes... It doesn't require a conversation. Sometimes ending a relationship, A, dissolves, or B, you just, the two of you begin to start taking a few steps back and it kind of, okay, what happens when you are needing to take a few steps back and the person is just taking steps closer? Right. And this is what I did with some certain people in my Mm -hmm. family. And then I've had relationships that have blown up explosion yeah tnt <laughs> you know it's over because you the things that were said oof you would never go back to that yeah and the things that were done yeah and you know it's over those are stressful too though they are stressful it's not like that happens all the time no it doesn't happen all the time because i would say certainly i have people in my life that i still consider deep deep friends and i don't see them as often as maybe my inner circle people but i still consider them my inner circle people just because of life circumstance right now we don't get to spend as much time together right but who still know me really well who i know i could count on if i needed somebody who i could still call and download but we just it's less frequent Mm -hmm. those people are treasures absolutely that time just you pick up exactly where you left off. Yeah. Those people are very, very special. Though your inner circle people are really great. And then I have some friends that maybe a time in our lives, we were very, very close. And now in order to maintain a healthy relationship, it requires a little bit of arm's length. Mm-hmm. And that's healthy too. Right. And that's, a, that's the choice you're making. It's because I am not prepared to just say, I can't do you. You're messy. No, I actually love you. Right. But I'm not the person that's supposed to love you through. Yeah, and that's good. That's okay. Like that's it. We're all evolving, mm-hmm. right? There's people that just don't, we're not on the same page anymore. Yeah. And that's okay. It doesn't mean you have to terminate the friendship. And no, and if it, if it happens naturally and organically that you just drift apart, then mm-hmm. great. Then yeah. that is what it is, right? And being okay and with being that. being okay with it, that you don't need to keep going back into keep trying and If it's not being reciprocated or if it's not, if it's just not healthy, it's okay to let it go. Yeah. So then back to your asking for a friend. Yeah. What do you do? What do you do when it sounds like your friend wants this relationship, but is not okay with how things are playing out? 
Right. So she just thought, okay, for her specifically, I want to maintain this friendship, but I know I can draw a line. I can put a boundary out. Let's not talk about this topic or this topic. I love being with you. Let's have lunch once a month. And it's up to that person, my friend, to communicate the boundary though, not just make assumptions because we've all talked about what expectations do. Right. Unspoken expectations are premeditated resentment. Right. You got to know your friend. If, if your friend, if that person is sensitive or is going to take it in a hurtful way, you're not going to, you're not going to have that conversation that you're going to be careful on how you say, Oh, you're going to be careful, but you're still going to have that conversation. It just depends on the level of friendship. It's in the, in the time that they spend together. For the most part, let's just say 90% of the time, it's lovely. It's just now that 10% that is a little tough. So that's why she doesn't want to give it up. Am I not making sense? You are making sense. But so why your can't level, you have... Your level of friendships. So what? So then your friend is just going to expect that it's going to be okay and... Yeah. Resentment. Well, I guess she's made a clear choice to do that. That's her choice. So it means more to go and meet with that person, but she can direct the conversation. So that's her way without having the, listen, we're going to sit down and I'm going to tell you what I need right now. That is not their relationship. And let's talk about that because that's not how you do it either. That is not how you set boundaries. We are not talking, come in like bull in a China shop. That is not what I am implying. So yes, there's sensitivity around having that conversation, but then I do agree. Okay. So that makes sense to me that you would just be like, okay, I actually understand how our dynamic works and I'm okay with that. Thank you you for making that. I accept that about you. I love that about you. Your friendship is valuable to me. So I'm willing to make this compromise right now and see if I can try and redirect but she's this making the in a healthy way inside. She's but she's making the choice yes, that's and she, she yeah. is willing to accept the consequences of how that plays out. Yes. And it's, if it doesn't work, if it's not working, then okay, you reassess. That's fair to me. Right? Because mm-hmm. she knows her friend. That's what I mean. Great. So she knows her. She's not going to say this out loud to her. Listen, I need you to. That's not going to happen because she knows she's going to hurt that person. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. Yeah. Setting boundaries looks like how? Because I think when the word boundaries actually is under my skin a little bit. Me too. Well, that's that's crossing a boundary. And so when we talk about boundaries, I have to. You know, it does irk me a little bit that we all need to have boundaries now (laughs) because I do think at some point, no, I'm just accepting you. I love you. I don't need to set a boundary every single time about shit. I can actually just compromise a little bit. I like that. Okay. Um, so that, cause that's right. However, (laughs) there are times where you got it. You do because for your, the sake of your relationship and your own mental health. Yes. That you got to come out and say, Hey, listen, Mm -hmm. Can we talk about this thing? Have we ever had that experience? Maybe? Yes. Okay. Give we me totally have. Do you have a, do you remember? Yes. When we started the podcast, there was an expectation when I was trying to balance the podcast and my job Yeah. that you were like, well, no, it's one or the other. Right. And I was like, what? <laughs> we had to yeah, unpack okay. why, first of all, you needed to have your why heels I, in the sand. I, right. Because for the first time, I voiced my boundary. You did. I voiced it because, but not because of the situation. 
not because of the actual situation between you and I. But we had to unpack that, right. Michelle. So if we just left it at that. I walked away hurt. Yeah. And you, I walked away hurt. Yeah. Because I'm like, what the hell just happened? She's dropping me. Yeah, I'm out. And I walked away. She's pushing me away. Right. The next day or two days later, it was like, hey, can but we just talk about that conversation? allowing us to have that relationship where we could sit and very sensitive topic that we could talk about it. But that's what I was saying before is it was because it was meaningful enough to me right. that I didn't want to hold this hurt or anger right. between us. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. that's the thing. So not every friendship is like that. You don't need to go into those. But I would say too, it also required me to have a day or so to go, how am I going to broach this boundary right. conversation? Right. It wasn't coming in like a bull in a china no. shop. It wasn't like, hey, listen, this no, really no. hurt me. I can't believe, like, what the because hell were you, you know thinking? Me. You know me. Yes. And that I have never not supported you. Deep down, you know that. But that is the work that I did over that 24 hours. Right. Is I had to go, oh, wait, wait a, a second. second. Something yeah. deeper is happening here. This is not at all like Michelle to right. not support me. Right. I know something else is happening. There's something else. And that's what we need to get at. Yeah. So it's an also in the reciprocating, in the time you spend with somebody, in the listening, in the asking questions. And the, is this worth it? Is this worth it at the end of the day? Is this friendship worth it? It was. Right. Yeah. The other part too is just the communication is when people say, this cracks me up. Well, I set the boundary. It's not working for me. So you know, I, I'm not doing boundaries anymore. Yeah. And you're like, uh, okay, so. Why isn't it working? Yeah. <laughs> well, it is working. Why? It's not working. Oh, well, they say it's not working because the person didn't was uncomfortable with the boundary. And so they weren't actually respecting the boundary. And then you're like, no, well, the then the boundary's working. <laughs> they don't yes, like it. They just don't like it. So keep going. <laughs> healthy boundaries do create a space for healthy relationships. Totally. Yes. Right. Even as simple as with my kids, you know, you need to clean up the kitchen after you've done cooking in here because then you get a grouchy mom. Yeah. We're, we're all happier when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it doesn't mean me when the kitchen, I walk into the kitchen is dirty and I freak Freak out out. at my kids. It means, okay, I'm boiling over right now. I'm going to wait a couple minutes and cool down, think through this. And then again, that modeling how you address that with your kids is what's going to take them into a relationship where they are going to not be the the bull in the china shop. Yeah. Okay. So that's the hard part is having people in your life who have modeled this for you, because I think all learning happens through modeling. You can't just take a webinar or read a book and think that you've got it. Yeah. It has to be instilled somewhere deep down. Yeah. Because our house is very good at saying what's on their mind. Yeah. It's just a matter of learning that. Has there ever been a time where you are angry. Oh my gosh. And you are, how do you- It's me, Michelle. (laughs) Yeah. So then what? Then what do you do? You do not communicate in those moments. Self-discipline, dude. You turn around and you walk away. How hard is that? Therapy right there. That's a whole session of- And that's the funny part is this girlfriend that we had at the car wash. Yeah. That would have been me when I was in my 30s. Oh, I would have gone in there and yeah. you, I would have given you a piece of my, you oh, it is not. It's the premise that we talked about in the other episode. Mm-hmm. If you want to tell me that two plus two is five, okay. absolutely. Okay. I do not have the time to fight with you. 
Okay, but that's just that's that's wisdom. That's growing. That's so. But what about those in that moment? What about that? Well, I didn't ever believe in timeouts with my kids. When your kids are overreacting, when they're tantruming, they actually need something from you. And disconnection is needy. Yeah, a good way. Hello. Oh yeah. Okay. See, this is it. Your kid does not need a timeout. They do not need time away from you. They need to be co-regulated. You. They need a hug. They need a snack. They need a waving of the finger is not actually no, helpful. In that but moment. mama needed a timeout sometimes. Uh-huh. And so that was the hard part is the timeout principle. And I don't even know if I called it that, but I'm just like, oh, I need a minute. Even if it was, I had to make something up like, I'm going to go throw the clothes in the dryer. Yeah. I will be right back. Yeah. You, you just punched your brother. You just sit here for a second. I need to walk away for a second. I need to walk away, but I'm going to go and change the laundry. I'm going to go walk the dog for a second and I will be back Mm -hmm. and I will cool off. Now my prefrontal cortex is back engaged and now we can have a conversation. See, I always struggle with the awkward pause in a conversation. If something's heated, I now have learned how to have an awkward pause. Yes. And that's the moment of if if I can't actually step away and do my go and put some laundry in or go in whatever to stand in that awkward pause. Have you ever tried that? Yeah. (laughs) And it's again, so good for your kids to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's everyone's awkward. Every nobody, what, but it's a, it's a pause. The hard part too is for somebody when they're not ready, this actually is still to this day the hardest thing that I have to do. More than regulating myself and taking a time out is when somebody else needs to walk away. Yeah. Oof, because I'm like, get your ass back here. <laughs> we got to finish this right now. Oh my God, yeah. Is learning to respect that person, self-control, mm-hmm. they need space, is still fires me up. It takes way more work for me to let that happen than for me to walk away from my own crap and calm down. Yeah. Ooh, all these life lessons we're learning today. Oh my gosh. Relationships are such hard. Yeah. Everyone's needy. Everyone is needing something. Okay. So then my question is though, you don't engage in needy with all friendships. My neediness, I get to do that with certain people. Mm-hmm. I don't get to be needy and vulnerable with everybody. Right. Oh, what a relief that is. If you think about it. I think in people try to practice being vulnerable mm-hmm. and that's hard for people. And so in order to practice that, they think they get to do that with everybody. everybody. No. And it's, you don't. No. No, thanks. I don't want it either. Like how, and that's awkward. Well, and that's too bad because actually that's what you do. You end up pushing people away. Right. Yeah. It's too much, too, too much. TMI. Yeah. That's the thing. And we talked about that before is the idea of small talk. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Same concept. Yeah. Yeah. It's building that trust. Building the trust. But you don't actually have to, yeah, divulge your entire life story. No, you're sussing people out. You're like, okay, is this a safe place? Is this a safe person? but safe people are people you have you have invested in. Right. And I don't want to be vulnerable with, with everybody. I do not. I've been so private for so long. The fact that I'm starting to take the peels off a little bit mm-hmm. is good. I'm good. 
I'm good. And I, again, am choosing the person I want to be vulnerable with. Yes. Having been friends with you for a really long time and taken a long time for you to begin to peel off your edges is that feels good on the other side that you can do that with me now. In that I feel like you trust me. The other thing to know about the other side of your relationship when you're not being vulnerable with the people who are trying to invest in your life is they're putting in all this work and effort. And when you're not reciprocating by being vulnerable with them, it can be very hurtful. Absolutely. Yeah. Part of you finally opening up to me was a gift. I'm like, finally. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It took you how many years to do that? And some people might not stick around for so long. Right. And so there you go. In the, in just that is exactly our relationship was submit, was meant to be what it is. Yeah. And I, and to me, the fact that I didn't give it away so quickly is like such an amazing feeling because I know the level of friendship we have. That is like, again, yeah, the gift. I get the gift too. And the fact that I have waited so long to trust. And know that no matter what, even if we're in the middle of a scuffle, (laughs) right? It's so worth keeping. It's so worth keeping. And the last thing I want to say is the other thing that I think this does is when you are in relationships and you're doing this as all the mamas out there is that you are modeling this for your children Mm -hmm. is they are seeing conflict. Conflict is healthy. Can I say that again? Conflict is healthy when it is done in a healthy manner, when there's open communications, that you are respectful. These are great things for kids to learn right from when they're in the sandbox to your teenage daughter knows that she goes to her girlfriend and says, hey, when you drop that text about me, this is really super hurtful. Yeah. Yeah. And then that girl learns like, oh, oh wait a second. I need to apologize. Hopefully. They're not defense. I hope. Yeah. And if they don't, then you know. you're walking your daughter through that. You're walking your son through that. Okay, we're going to get through this together. We're going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And then they see you living out community and village and creating healthy community and healthy communication yeah. and still having some fights with your friends yeah. and seeing all the different levels of your reason friends, your season friends, your lifetime friends. Mm-hmm. And they see that that, oh, that's oh, how this works. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And going from not having any, any confrontation in my life, that if I spoke my truth, that I would be rejected or whatever it is. Right. Being on the other side of that and being able to actually have a voice all of a sudden is, and the people that matter will stay. Yeah. And of the, yeah, right. My neediness of you, you need what me, I need you, you need me. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's earned on both sides. Yep. It's t- talking about that difference between fitting in. Mm-hmm. The difference between belonging and fitting in. Oh my gosh. We could talk for hours I know. about this. So let's just end it with this. And okay. Then- Is that if you're curious, Brene Brown talks about the difference between belonging and fitting in. Mm-hmm. And your true people will stay. That's how it is. If it isn't for a lifetime, it was for a season and a reason, take it for what it's worth. Yeah. But when you belong, you don't have to become something else. Fitting in means that you are adjusting. changing, adapting, adjusting for whatever it is that you need to do to fit into right. that space. But when you belong, then you get to just be you and you will fit. Yeah. And the people that matter will, will be there. 
Again, that's another Dr. Zeus quote. What right. is it? The oh. people the people that mind don't matter yeah. and the people okay, hold on. who matter don't mind. Okay. So the Dr. Seuss quote is the people that mind don't matter and the people that matter don't mind. Yeah. Dr. Seuss had it way before Brene Brown. Totally. Yeah. Credit to both. Credit to both. So being needy is okay. Just find your people. Just find your people. To be needy too. Yeah. Oh, thanks Les. Thanks Michelle. Thanks for making time to be with us. This is Life Consciously Uncurated. We hope that our stories inspire you to live a life that you want to live just as you are. Until next time. 